legal separation, sometimes judicial separation, separate maintenance, divorce amensa et thorough, or divorce from bed and board, is a legal process by which a married couple may formalize a de facto separation while remaining legally married. A legal separation is granted in the form of a court order. In cases where children are involved, a court order of legal separation often makes child custody arrangements, specifying sole custody or shared parenting, as well as child support. Some couples obtain a legal separation as an alternative to a divorce, based on moral or religious objections to divorce. Legal separation does not automatically lead to divorce. The couple might reconcile, in which case they do not have to do anything in order to continue their marriage. Amensa et thorough separation. Amensa et thorough is a legal Latin phrase which means from table and bed, often translated as from bed and board, in which board is a word for table. Separation amensa et thorough is essentially a separation that is sanctioned by a court order, meaning that the spouses may legally live apart, but they are still legally married. The legitimacy of any future child born to the couple remains intact, and the spouses may not legally remarry. This type of separation allows the couple to live apart without concerns about being taken to court for desertion. In some jurisdictions, provable desertion is legal grounds for a divorce. There are several reasons why a couple might seek amensa et thorough separation. In some legal jurisdictions, including certain countries, it can be difficult to get a full and final divorce, but if the spouses are already separated amensa et thorough for an extended period of time, for example, three years, the court may decide to grant a full and final divorce. When the requirements of burden of proof for a divorce are difficult to meet, in most jurisdictions an amensa et thorough ruling assures the couple a slot in the court schedule whenever they file for a full divorce, by showing that they were both serious about their separation. Sometimes an amensa et thorough separation is used when one partner is claimed to be emotionally, verbally, or physically abusive, keeping the marriage in existence while the two spouses are physically separated. This physical separation may give the two of them a chance to work out the problems in their relationship while residing in legally sanctioned separate dwellings. Spouses may also request an amensa et thorough separation to protect themselves from accusations of desertion or abandonment, such as in cases where one must depart from the other for an extended period of time. United States When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the United States of America, a legal separation may address the division of assets, division of debts, child custody, child support, and alimony. A separate maintenance agreement is not a legal separation and for child support and custody are typically not allowed to be addressed. A separate maintenance agreement is often confused with a legal separation which is filed with a court. Separate maintenance agreements are contracts between spouses and not approved by a court. They are similar to prenuptial agreements. Under the law of some states, a separation can occur by judicial decree, or by an acknowledged, notarized, agreement of the parties. In some states, there must be grounds or a cause of action to get a judicial decree of separation, such as cruel and inhuman treatment, abandonment, neglect or refusal support, adultery by the defendant, confinement of the defendant in prison, reconciliation is allowed. So, therefore, separation is revocable 
state laws may require the joint application of the parties, accompanied with satisfactory evidence of their reconciliation, by the court which rendered it, subject to such regulations and restrictions as the court thinks fit to impose. Canada. In Canada, the terms legal separation or judicial separation are often used informally to describe a situation of separation where the couple has formalized certain agreements or entered into a contract. However, this situation is different from the specific legal status of legal or judicial separation that exists in some other jurisdictions and requires filing the courts for. As such, a mensa et thorough separation does not exist in Canada but the term legal separation has gained widespread use to describe a contract that is created between two spouses at the time of their separation. This contract is more properly referred to as a separation agreement, a legally binding written agreement voluntarily signed by two spouses, either married or common law, who have separated. In Ontario, a separation agreement is unforceable unless it is made in writing, signed by the parties and witnessed. This written agreement usually resolves all issues arising from the separation, including custody and access, child support, spousal support and the division of property, except that only a court can grant a divorce itself. A parenting plan is a child custody plan that is negotiated by parents, and which may be included in a marital separation agreement or final decree of divorce. Especially when a separation is acrimonious to begin with, specific agreements about who will discharge these responsibilities and when and how they are to be discharged can reduce the need for litigation. Avoiding litigation spares parties not only the financial and emotional costs of litigation but the uncertainty of how favorable or unfavorable a court's after-the-fact decision will be. Moreover, the agreement itself can authorize the employment of dispute resolution methods, such as arbitration and mediation, that may be less costly than litigation. Drafting a parenting plan. A well-drafted parenting plan addresses both the custodial rights and responsibilities of parents who share custody of a minor child or children, and the logistical and other procedures for carrying out its substantive requirements. Parents can agree to a plan that takes into consideration their children's ages and needs and, if they continue to co-parent effectively, can adjust their plans over time to ensure that their plan remains in the best interest of their children. Guidelines. Some jurisdictions have guidelines, either default rules, for example, rules that apply only in the absence of provisions to the contrary, or hard and fast requirements to which all agreements must adhere, addressing the content of parenting plans. Moreover, courts in some communities offer proposed templates whose terms take into account community-specific factors such as availability of daycare services, school bus routes and schedules, and schedules of school and community athletics and other activities. Content. Topics addressed in a parenting plan may include, what are not limited to. Physical custody, how the child's time is to be divided between the separating parents and their separate households, a well-drafted plan will specifically contemplate holidays and school vacations. Transferring the child from one parent to the other, schedule, method, and location. Departures from the typical custody schedule, for example, Overnight stays with the other parent or with other relatives during a given parent's normal custody time. Restrictions, as needed, on places visited and or persons associated with while the child is present. Legal custody, decision-making authority and rights to information. Authority over physical and mental health care decisions, access to health records. Authority to change the place at which a child resides while in the physical custody of a given parent. Authority over educational decisions such as where the child attends school, access to educational records. Authority to take the child on travel, 
especially travel outside the geographic jurisdiction of the court adjudicating the separation or divorce. Authority to claim the child as a dependent for income tax purposes. Financial support obligations. Provision for basic needs. Payment for education. Payment of health insurance premiums and other medical expenses. Inclusion of the other parent and or the child in a given parent's estate planning, including both the probate process, disposition of assets by will and procedures outside of probate, payout of life insurance policies, distribution of survivor benefits, etc. communication between parents. Obligation to keep the other parent apprised of contact information both of a given parent and of the child while with that parent. Right of the other parent to information about circumstances and events affecting the child's well-being. Procedures for resolving disputes, including but not limited to disputes about the meaning of the plan's language and disputes alleging improper performance of the plan's provisions. Provisions, if desired, for alternative dispute resolution such as arbitration and mediation. In some cases, parenting plans may be established through the combined effect of multiple agreements each addressing a different subject. For example, one agreement may address physical custody while another addresses financial support. Entry by a court. A parenting plan agreed upon by the parties in an out-of-court setting is often termed endorsed, stipulated or on consent. A judge who finds a stipulated parenting plan to be consistent with a child's best interest may be able to approve the plan without requiring the parties or the child to be present in court, sparing the parents' inconvenience and the child the emotional stress of dealing with authority figures in an unfamiliar setting. United States. In the United States of America, many state courts require that separating or divorcing couples who have children include a parenting plan among the terms of their separation agreement and or their eventual divorce decree. Separated or unmarried parents may enter into a parenting plan of their own creation without going to court, but that plan won't be enforceable in court. Parenting plans are usually initiated as part of a divorce decree or custody case between unmarried parents. Divorced parents whose child custody is governed by a parenting plan can request that a court amend the plan or replace it with a new one. In jurisdictions whose laws permit the practice, some plans permit the parties to amend certain provisions, such as those specifying where a parent will live during that parent's time with the child, by agreement without court approval. A court reviewing a petition for amendment or replacement of a court-ordered parenting plan will employ the child's best interest standard in light of circumstances or changes in circumstances such as a parent's relocation, the presence or absence of child abuse in one or both parents' households, and health problems of a parent or the child. If the parents in a custody dispute request, many states allow children who are old enough to state an informed preference, to testify about their own preferences as to custody and parenting time with their opinion taken into consideration by the court along with all other evidence relating to their best interest. The weight assigned by the court to a child's testimony will vary with factors such as the child's intellectual and psychological maturity, for which the child's age is often used as a proxy, the child's level of insight into his or her situation, and the credibility of the child's testimony is affected by factors ranging from the child's level of honesty to any undue influence on the child by either or both parents. Most states require that court-ordered parenting plans set forth the minimum amount of parenting time and access to which a non-custodial parent is entitled. In these states, an agreement's failure to specify the non-custodial parent's minimum level of access can constitute grounds for appeal of the adjudicating court's approval of the plan. In cases where separated or divorced parents live near each other, 
Most U.S. states' family courts follow a default rule of granting the non-custodial parent the right of visitation on every second weekend and some holidays. Where parents live farther apart, states such as Florida, Oregon, New Hampshire and New York allow the combination of these visits into longer stretches of time to reduce traveling.